Hey, good people. This is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I am starting my reflection with the concept of the burden, the burden. And uh, today is Sunday. And yesterday, Saturday, <laughs> I did a recording um, that I named the dilemma. So the burden is a component of something I attempted to talk about yesterday. It was on me to talk about. I feel like I touched on it, but I didn't zero in on it. Because there were a number, I think, in that reflection when I talked about the dilemma, I believe there were three pieces of the, three pieces that were coming together as a dilemma. I think it was three. Maybe I said it was two. So yesterday, um, you have to go and listen to it to kind of find out what that was about. But I think the dilemma was about, I mean, the one piece of it was me confronting my own shadows, my own vulnerabilities, my own um, issues, if you will, with, con- well, with control. But the in that reflection, I talk about the role of control is about keeping me safe and making me less vulnerable. So they really go together, this control and vulnerability relationship. Um, and so that's part of the Enneagram 8, my type 8 in that system. So that was one piece of the dilemma. The other piece of the dilemma was around leadership, which does relate to control a little bit and dealing with um, levels of leadership and access, different um, resources, access point to the leadership. So that's another component I'm wrestling with. And then there's this bubble around race that is personal And it is in my job as race work, race work and being racialized and contending with someone who has a different agenda with race, who's also racialized. And that just, that whole racial bubble piece is just like, ugh. And so you take all three of those together, it created a dilemma. Okay. But what I don't think I talked about um, was the intensity, the intensity that's on me. Um, uh, I don't know if intensity is the right word. Okay, Um, because I don't want to go over five minutes here. Okay, what I didn't talk about, I'm so sorry I'm setting this up. It's long, I'm sorry. What I said in that reflection, I used this metaphor called the swim. It's like I'm swimming in something and it's murky and it's, and all of these things are floating by, but there's something thick I'm swimming in and it's, yes, thick and it's murky and it's impacting my movement. That is what I want to talk about today. That's the burden, the liquid, 
the liquid I was referring to yesterday in that metaphor is what I want to talk about today, okay? That liquid is the burden that I want to talk about. <laughs> and so go check out that reflection if you haven't done so. If you are new to this project, this is a personal journal. If you're new to this podcast, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. So I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Enneagram, the Myers-Briggs, and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing social scientist and educator of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. And I laugh because I was talking today. I'm trying to do some financial planning. And all of that work that I've done, I'm going to lose out on. I'll have to talk about that at another time in terms of um, retirement planning. But it's better late than never now that I've got a strategy. But nonetheless, it is what it is. So half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I, I lean into tenets around critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to social constructs such as race, class, gender, sexuality, just to name a few. There's so many of them out there around power and the matrix. Um, this project is unedited and is unscripted. If you want to know more about it or me, please be, visit my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. So it's been a minute. Well, I try to, I've been really good at setting up these reflections and giving you the disclaimers all in five minutes. I think yesterday it I went into six minutes, but anyway, I'm doing better than I, significantly better than I did the first year and a half. So, because the first year and a half, I'd be all the way 30 minutes into the reflection before I started giving you all uh, the disclaimers. So, there's growth. The sum total, there's progress. Okay, so... um so I'm really excited about what I said to you in the setup to this reflection today because that's so significant to what the burden is. Okay. So yesterday when I was talking, I'm trying to, I'm dealing with something at work, by the way, if you, I didn't say that, but it's, this dilemma is work related for the most part, but because of my identity as a leader, um, because of my own relationship to vulnerability, excuse me, vulnerability and this racial bubble thing, it's, it, it transcends beyond work because it's about me, (laughs) you know, and I'm more than that job. So, so, but the situation that I'm contending with is, is work related. And I started off the reflection yesterday. I gave two metaphors. One was the blob where I talked about having and through my dominant function, introverted intuition, um, and really it's the relationship between the dominant function and the inferior. It's an axis. Introverted intuition is at the top. Extroverted sensing is at the tail. And they really work together as a team. When they're working together, the SE is bringing in data, bringing it in from the sensory world. And then that introverted intuition is organizing it, synthesizing it. Oftentimes, I'll say the introvert intuitive is bringing it in. That's not true. It's it's considered a perceiving function. But what it's really doing is bringing in additional information that the sensory data gives it. 
So it brings in additional information such as patterns, such as meaning, and and starts synthesizing. And so I thought I heard this guy recently say that the NI function does not organize. So if he thinks that NI function does not organize, he's going to also think that the NI function does not synthesize. And that is not true. But anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so much here. Just thinking about, there's so much here. Anyway. So this blob metaphor represents what it's like for me when I'm at the threshold of I don't know if threshold is the right way. Or uh, when I've taken in so much information, so much I'm not even aware of how much. So it's when I become aware that I've taken in a lot, but not clear on what that thing is I've taken in. So I've taken, as he he has pulled in data, the NI has made meaning, it's um, synthesized, it's it's, um, it's identified patterns, and that's all I know. That's all I know, and I can feel it. It's on me, and that's nothing I can say. All I can say, if there's a thing, there's something here, that's all I can give you. Okay, that doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen to me a lot because I'm not always aware of it. And usually it gets worked out in when I'm sleeping or I'm exercising. And so when it when like when I'm dreaming or when I wake up or when I like I said I'm doing some type of intense working out and then all of a sudden like these revelations start happening these flashes of insight start happening clarity just i mean it's like wow where is this coming from oh my gosh this stuff is coming out of somewhere no it's not coming from nowhere it's not coming from it's coming from somewhere that's a double negative it's coming from a blob (laughs) it's this blob thing that happens between the ni and the se okay you guys hang in there with me um you might i might be taking a long time to set it set it up and i'm also going to be spending a lot of time in this um in the Myers-Briggs today. So if you aren't familiar with these cognitive functions, I would suggest you pause, go look up these cognitive functions because I'm going to spend a lot of time. The burden is about one of the functions. Okay. Okay. So most times when that SE is pulling in the sensory data and the NI is also bringing in patterns and um, meaning and Synthesis is bringing it in, or is yeah, it's bringing it in. It they coexist. The, all of this data, where there's data from the NI, data from the SE, it's like compiled. And most times, I'm not aware of it, and I don't need to be aware of it because it event will be when I become aware of it. That's when it starts breaking apart, breaking apart. That blob starts breaking it apart, breaking apart rather. And these revelations start hitting me. That's when I'm, I'm usually aware of it at the revelation point. And every once in a while, 
I become aware of it and I don't yet have the revelations. I don't have the revelations and I don't have clarity about the data points. All right, you guys, I've lingered there. If I don't get any downloads on this one, I'll understand why. Because <laughs> I might be too um, uh, type heavy right now. But this is really something I need to work through. So just hang in here with me, please, 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 please. Okay. All right, here we go. Let me just think. So that was the blob metaphor. And then yesterday I introduced a new metaphor. I've talked about the blob metaphor a couple of times. I believe yesterday was the third time I used this idea called a blob. Maybe the second time, at least. But I've used it before. Okay. Yesterday was the first time I talked about the swim. And the swim is a little different from the blob. Because in the swim, I am aware of some of the stuff that I'm contending with. The blob, I don't know at all. I don't know anything with the blob other than the fact that there's a blob of data and knowing. That's all I know. I know there's knowing, but I can't access it. But the swim, I have some fragments. I can say, I, this is here. There's These are the things I know it's, re, it's related to it. Now, when I first started this project, I think right around the beginning of 2021, I would say, I would give a list, right? Sometimes, and I'm not, I haven't been doing a list lately because that list usually was about these objects related to the blob, to this um, grouping, this collection of data and knowing, but it had some, there was clarity as to some things that it could be related to. And if I didn't, I'm going to have to restart this damn reflection over. I'm so sorry. I'm going to try to push through here because I'm frustrated. There must be a reason why I'm lingering here. So I'm just going to, damn it. I'm going to try to, It's somewhere I want to get to in this reflection, but I'm lingering in this metaphor. And I think that there's a reason why I think intellectually I'm in, I'm intrigued by it. So intellectually, this intrigue has nothing to do with the reflection. So I'm frustrated. I'm trying to push through it, but I'm intellectually intrigued with it. So maybe this reflection won't even be about the burden. It'll be about this dang swimming metaphor. <laughs> anyway, so... um When I would give lists, sometimes I would know that the things on that list were all connected. But in, but before I matured and I realized that, because I've been doing lists for a long time, I thought I just thought this it was randomness. I would call them randomness. Adam, I got dozens of notebooks where there are lists. What I've come to understand that those those items on the list are actually connected in some way that I'm not yet understanding. Okay. So there's an evolution in terms of my understanding about my my introverted intuition. That's what's happening. 
once I started making those lists of randomness, then I evolved to saying these more than likely the items on this list are all connected to something. I just don't know yet what. And now, as of yesterday, the third level of that process of maturing in terms of understanding this phenomenon is me saying of this metaphor that I am aware that these things are here and yet I'm I'm unaware of where it where they're where they are coming from. I'm not yet aware of it. Um, and I don't, I'm pausing because I don't think I need to, I need to correct something. I don't think that the list is always a burden. The items on the list, they're not always a burden, whether I know them or not. They're not always a burden. They're just usually if I'm like getting up in the morning and I'm starting my day and I'll this Thoughts, these random thoughts will pop in my head. I'll go in and I'll start writing them down. It doesn't feel like a burden. But what I talked about with the swim, there was a burden there. And so I ended that reflection talking about a dilemma, the, the, the dilemma of what of that specific, of those specific, there was something very specific, something very specific that I was contending with. These are the components. These are the elements of that tension. And it came together as the dilemma. So that was one track. I'm mixing metaphors, y'all. We're going to hang in here. So like, let's just say that was track A. And that's where I left that recording. But there was also a track B happening yesterday. And it's around, and it was around the liquid. Oh, this is good. Oh my God, this is so good. So yesterday, I focused more on the objects floating in the liquid. If you go back and listen to that reflection. I talked about trying to move in that liquid. I talked about that liquid being murky, unclear. I think I said, I denoted an, a thickness to it because I said it was impeding my movement. But I never came back to name the liquid other than calling it a liquid, the liquid. I focused that reflection on the items that were coming, that were, I was able, that was coming from that N-I-S-E, um, partnership and there were things floating in the liquid floating in the liquid while I'm trying to move it through it and I focused on those items floating those issues let's call them issues floating today 20 minutes into this damn reflection excuse me (laughs) today I want to talk about the liquid Yes, I think that's what I want to talk about. Sorry, it took so long to set that up. It took so long to set it up. Okay. 
the liquid is a burden. Something else is coming to me with this metaphor. Oh, this is interesting. The liquid is a burden because of the desired movement. I'd like to get somewhere. I cannot because the liquid is causing resistance. And the reason why I use the word liquid as resistance as opposed to, I could say there's a wall in front of me. I could say there's a pothole. You know, if I'm, excuse me, trying to build this metaphor, I could say a pothole is a problem in front of me. I say a truck. There are a number of things I could put there metaphorically to denote resistance. But using liquid indicates that it's all around me. That the resistance is not just in front of me. It's not just behind me. It's not just on the side of me, above me, or below me. It's all around. I'm swimming in the resistance. I'm saturated by it. I mean, well, not saturated within, but around. My, my environment is saturated with the resistance. And I'm trying to move in it. And while I'm trying to move in it, there are these things that I can I can see that's floating around that are related. But I can't tell you how they're related. I was able to do so by the end of that reflection. So again, I was able to talk about those issues that I'm saying floating in the water. I named that. Bye, 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 bye. But today I'm here to talk. I'm talking. I'm here talking about that water, that liquid that's serving as resistance. Okay, I'm going to put some cognitive functions here, okay? That liquid is, this is what hit me today. That liquid is representing what uh, the FI is for me. FI, introverted feeling. And that movement is representing extroverted thinking. I may have said that part already. I desire to move. I desire to take action. My TE, extroverted thinking. Ah, there are things that I can see. N-I, N-I-S-E, and it's that damn liquid that was, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. And this is where I have to, I have to come to terms with this here. This is a big deal for me. And it's been something that I've been aware of for the last three and a half, four years since I return to a space of work where I don't control my work anymore. I don't control the environment. I control a part of my job, but I don't control the organization. I'm working in an organization I do not control. I did not have this problem. I did not have this problem when I worked in, an organ- in the organization that I controlled. 
because I controlled it. So this is a new phenomenon on me. This FI resistance phenomenon that I'm swimming in, that I've noticed over the past three years. And it's so striking that I'm asked, I've asked myself, what the hell is that? How can FI be on me like that? And then when I get the when I question it, I go back and I start reading about the INFP. And then I'm like, there are things about this. There are many things that that just does not that do not relate to me. There are some things that relate. But there are many things that just don't relate to me. So This is so good. It's so good. I can't find words for it, though, y'all. I'm trying to figure out how to um, extrovert what's inside of my head right now, what's inside me. Um. Okay. Let me tell you why it's good. Because I, f- I feel like I've just, I've described, I've given you the description of it. Let me tell you the so what to it. In the past, so. Okay, three years ago, two and a half years ago, I had a job, and I was seeing myself taking action that I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to do. And I talked about that to you, with you all. I was like, "This is weird," and at that time, I didn't want to take particular action because I wanted to take different action. So I was in my life trying to take level four action and I kept getting caught up in level two action. And because I'm an INTJ, I believe in mind over matter. It was frustrating me because I feel like I don't because that, that was making me feel impulsive. I was like, it, I don't understand how I'm taking this action when it's not the action I want to take. So every day I would start my day off and be like, okay, listen, listen, self, (laughs) we're not doing that. We have other things to do with our action energy, our action apparatus, our action apparatus is designated to take on some level four action, level five action, whatever number I gave it. We don't have time to use our energy for level two action. We are determined to take level five, level five action. So, so I would get up. I'm, I literally would get up as I was getting ready for work, driving to work. I would, I would try to coach myself. When you get to that job, just ignore it. That's not your problem to solve. That's not your problem. That's, that's not your problem to solve. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. Do not give them your energy for that temple, that level two. Cause you are focused on, we need that energy when we get home to focus on level five. What I learned 
what I learned about myself during that time period because I couldn't control it. I never, I shouldn't say I never conquered it, but I didn't consistently conquer it. I did not. So what I learned about myself is through that T. So the level five action that I was working on was really T-I. Mm. It was like a T-E-T-I pairing. It was planning, strategizing. But I'm wired to take action. So the level two action that I kept engaging in was about what was immediate. It was about in problems that I was seeing around me immediate at the day-to-day level. That level five action I wanted to take and still do, it's about a bigger problem that's not present. It's more macro. But that macro problem is going to be superseded by the physical realities from that SE. When when that NISE starts tag teaming, There, oh my God, I wish I could, I wish, I wish I could see if this was making any sense. You're probably screaming at the record listening device like, it's not, it's not making any sense at all. Okay, but you keep coming back, so we just, it is what it is. (laughs) There's something kind of gangster about the N-I-S-E. That once my TE sees a problem as presented by NISE, my TE is programmed to move towards it, to address it. Now, as I say this, I think about the Enneagram. I think about INTJs, right? So so let me, before I talk about the Enneagram, let me say this about INTJ-ness versus ENTJ. Because you might be saying, well, that sounds kind of ENTJ-ish. Because you would say, well, you're just, it's like taking action. Because ENTJs take action first, and then they process it later. They they process, they come up with a reason for taking, to justify that action. But that's not what I'm saying. My NISE would show me something. I would quickly deduce the problem and the solution. And the moment I could deduce the solution, I took action. I just so happened to be working in a space that I was already well-trained and well-rehearsed about both the problem and the solution. And because I was already well, it was already understood the problem and the solution, there was like an automacy about it. I was taking action. It was automatic. Now, that has come over time because of being just my age, right, my, and having work experience. Okay. So, so that's the INTJ versus the ENTJ. Now, let's talk about the Enneagram. I believe that INTJ fives will see a problem and can be more probably disciplined about taking action um, I don't know if that's true. I wonder. 
I think I don't think I, what I was going to say. I don't think it's accurate because what I was going to say is that an INTJ five will see a problem and will can see a problem and then will retreat. You're like, no, nah, I'm not touching that. No, I'm not touching that, and will retreat and and kind of go off into doing research and going somewhere else. But I don't think that's true. And you have to, if you, if you're an INTJ and, you, and you're following this metaphor, if this is making sense and you disagree, you can't disagree if you don't understand. So if you disagree, that means you understand what I'm saying and you just disagree. And please contact me. You're in idom.wordpress.com. But I don't think that's true. This is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that any INTJ and once you confront a problem, you're going to move into the solution, a solution. You're going to move into a solution. And that's automatic. That's automatic. Now, whether that solution requires you to use your body to walk across a, 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 an office space, walk across the street, walk to a bookshelf, get a book, Walk to a desk to pull out pen and paper to write out ideas. doesn't matter. That TE is going to automatically move into action if you know the solution to that problem. If you don't know the solution to that problem, then you're going to, you're going to move to start studying it. And maybe you could retreat. Maybe, maybe. You, that problem, you're like, that ain't my problem. Okay. That's that's you and you retreat. All right, you guys, I put you on hold. You've been on hold for about um, almost ten minutes because um, I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> it's like okay, we don't want the food to burn while we're in this delicious bubble around cognitive functions. So um, can I try to jump back where I left off? Sorry about the disjointedness. Um, I believe I just was trying to explore the ways um, an INTJ5 might problem solve then versus an INTJ8. I didn't get to the 8 part of it. Um, and I think before I could get to the 8, and one of the things I was thinking about as I was, you know, in my kitchen doing the, the thing with the food, you know, preparing my food, um, is um, this concept of automacy being automatic. Um, and so if you are, if you are deeply knowledgeable about cognitive functions, I don't really think I've ever heard anyone call the TE automatic. Um, um, but I can't see how it couldn't be. Now, because there's an automatic need to problem solve. Now, if you already have the solution, then you automatically can find, locate that solution and then you... I guess the question then would be, do you implement the solution? It could mean, what does it mean to be a problem solver? Are you able, are you just a problem solver on paper or is your problem solving about implementation? Do you implement the solutions? You just solve them intellectually. That's, I just have never heard anybody process that. So, Please, if you know someone who can answer that question, 
please get that back to me. And if you are an influencer, if you are a content generator, please give me some credit. Give us just some credit, okay, for raising this question. Um, some of you don't, but that's fine. I'm going to keep raising attention to that. Um, anyway, so I think I'm wondering, because I feel the need to differentiate between how INTJ 5's problem solve versus how INTJ 8's problem solve. And I think I'm a little bit out of my element, so I don't, I don't know, but because, um, so I, here's what I wonder. I wonder if INTJ problem solving is intellectual. It's paper. More so. Not to say that they can't implement. But I wonder if INTJ 8 is an implementer. We problem solve through implementation. Not just intellectually solving the problem. More so. Because we are all problem solvers, right? And all problems that are implemented had to exist on paper first. So I'm definitely not drawing any hard lines between problem solving on paper and problem solving in, in, in implementation. But I'm talking, I'm wondering if there's a tendency to do one more than the other for each of those. Now, I don't know, like INTJ6, I would think INTJ6 would be more like the INTJ5, INTJ1s would be more like the INTJ8, just because of the just because of the um, the cluster that it falls within in the Enneagram. Five, six, seven are part of the head cluster, and eight, nines, and ones are part of the body action <laughs> cluster. So, anyway, that's interesting. So, as an INTJ eight, I have like that dual action thing happening for me, or maybe it's not a dual action. Maybe problem solving is part of the INTJ me, and the action is the eight me. So, so do you understand? Like that is increased. Like I am, I just, I'm just wired to take to problem solve and implement. And I'm like, I'm feeling a little weepy right now because like that's overwhelming. It's overwhelming sometimes. A lot of times I don't think about it, but sometimes I don't want to do that, do the problem solving implementation. Sometimes I just don't want to. And so it's not that I can't control myself, which is very hard, but now I'm going to spend a lot of energy trying to work contrary to how I am naturally wired. Now, I will say that there every problem doesn't require me to solve or implement because I'm going to solve a problem. And my daddy used to say, and I, one of the things I was going to, when I thought about hitting the record button, I started to, um, I started to start off and say, my starting point is I am my father's daughter. I am my daddy's daughter. <laughs> um, and if you are new, my dad passed away a year ago. So there's a fondness and then there's the complication. Go listen to the episode called Jack in the Box if you want to know the complication to my dad. And I think I recorded that reflection maybe two weeks before he passed. 
I have not gone back to listen to it, by the way, because I was very honest about his complication. And I don't want to feel guilty about listening to that. Um, I'm just not ready. I'm right now needing to hold on to some of the positives about him. So anyway, you guys go check out that reflection if you want to understand the complications, you know, me saying, I am my father's daughter, okay? But my daddy would say, don't tell me about a problem. Just don't because I'm, that, I am programmed to solve it. He said it all the time. And oftentimes I would just smile because he acted like I didn't get it. Oh, I got it. I got it immensely. So every problem that I can solve, I don't feel the urge to implement. I really don't. And this is where this is coming clear for me, you guys. So again, I'm saying thank you because I'm going to tell you why this I'm appreciative of this space of me. I'm working out something that is a big deal. The burden is a big deal. And so this is helping me work through it. I believe that that eight and maybe all the numbers, this could apply to all of the numbers in the Enneagram system. But for me, as an eight, that's going to dictate what solutions I implement. And maybe, oh, I'm just getting ready to cry. I just had some clarity. So if you've been yelling at the, the your listening device this whole time, I'm going to help you stop yelling at me because I just, I'm going to contradict myself because I'm going to, something just came to me. It's not that eights implement in, in action and then fives put it on paper. I don't know if that's it now. It's the, what's driving it. It's the F.I. I'm sure it's the F.I. Because every problem does not compel me to implement a solution. It just doesn't. I don't care. I don't care about all problems. I really don't. I might solve it to you and put it on paper and say, or I'll tell you, or I might want to call somebody like, oh, you should do this. This is a solution. You'll be really good at that. But I don't feel compelled to implement but if it if it relates to any of that core stuff that concerns an eight, oh, it's going to be implemented. Whether I do it successfully or not, I mean, I like to believe, but it is going to, I'm going to move into action for implementation. And now I'm thinking that might be the same thing for a five. Because at the core of those in that, that cluster is of course emotion. And for the fives, it's, a, it's related to fear. And for eights, it's about justice. Now, if I think about that, maybe a five would, an INTJ five could retreat because of the core emotion is fear. I don't know. If you're an INTJ five, I really, really would love to hear your thinking around this. I don't know. But INTJ eights, our issue with eight, it's about justice, it's about that damn power. And no, no, we're not going to retreat unless retreating is about justice. But anyway, so anyway, that's what the movement is in this. Just to get back to the metaphor in the swimming, in that liquid. That's what the movement part is. That's the movement, the swim, if you will. It's that automatic action around problem solving 
and justice. Um, I think there's also an element of effectiveness. And so I can, I see me implementing solutions that aren't about justice, but it's about my, my job. There's a better way to do this. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not going to waste my time doing it that way. That doesn't make sense. That's, there's, there's a lot of bloatedness. There's a fat, better way to do this. So we're going to take this action over here. So that's automatic. I, I, I move with some automacy in that way as well. But don't let an issue of justice come up. An issue of power around uh, in a, um, unequal distributions of power. Mm-mm. 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 So anyway, anyway, so there's that. Okay. So in a perfect world, I would be able to move with some automacy. I would be able to problem solve. I'd be able to take action and whatever. We're done with it. Like, it'll be done. Good night, and you're welcome. But I can't always do that. I'm not always able to implement. I'm not always able to move. Now, all I've talked about this in this project many times. And uh, you'll hear me talk about positionality. I don't have the right position to take action. My position doesn't afford me the access or permission to, to implement the solution. I, I, I don't, if I don't control the budget, I can't go and talk and implement any kind of solution relating to that budget. I just can't because I don't have the access to the job that the, I don't have access to the decision making table. So I can't take the action. So that's, there are times when my TE can't move and then there's frustration. And I'm having frustration because I'm like, I can't, the TE is not allowed to move. What I, and I believe that was part of the, the dilemma, that is part of the dilemma yesterday when you listen to me talking about leadership and the the not having the control to, that so there was that the te couldn't the couldn't, there was something that I was talking about yesterday that underneath there the t couldn't te was not able to move because of me not having the power not having the access to do to 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 take action okay but there was something else happening there's something else that's been happening over the past three and a half months. And it's relating to my, I believe it's related, no, I'm not believe, I know it's related to my FI. It's getting on my damn nerves. <laughs> it's really getting on my nerves. And that is, there's a judgment. There's a right or wrong judgment. There are some values that I have. And the values that I hold say that action that you would, you would take. You can't take that action. Not because you couldn't effectively deliver it. And not because it's not because I don't have positionality. I have positionality now to do some action. I don't have ultimate positionality, but I got a significant amount of it. 
but it's not necessarily the moral thing to do from as it relates to the FI. Now the T is like, yo, we got this. Oh, we can do this. And the FI is like, that's not it's not morally responsible. Mm-mm. Your ethics, mm-mm. And so those that water is like that liquid is just it's just value it's uh, it's values liquefied or it's liquefied values and I'm not used to that I'm not used to being so impacted by my values at an intense level probably because I control my body I control my life right so I put myself in situations where my values wouldn't be in conflict. More than likely, that's why. But I'm contending with something on my job where I cannot, I, the values that are, are in conflict, I can't, I can't control it. So I've said some things to my boss. I, I'm worried it's going to backfire. I've been really worried about it. And I told my boss, you hired these people. <laughs> you hired them. I didn't. Now, that's a given, right? But she hired them based on her values, her beliefs. But I wouldn't have Some of those values that those individuals are bringing to the table, I love their convictions. But some of those values are counterintuitive to the work. And they're definitely counterintuitive to my leadership style. So we got to work. We got to figure out what we're going to do. Is it the end of the world? No, I don't think it is. But it is It is a problem that needs to be solved. And so now you are operating with a different set of values than I have about a particular thing. And I'm, that is one part of the value conflict. The other part of the value conflict is that I could positionally override you. Technically, I could be like, well, you know what? Um, we're going to move forward. Thank you for sharing your beliefs. We're moving forward anyway. Positionally, I could do that. But then I have another set of values that says around empowerment, particularly for people who have been marginalized. I'm not going to stream roll over you. I'm not. So what it's doing now is now we're not doing anything. I don't have. I have enough power to recognize that I've been rendered immobile because of these values. I don't have ultimate power to say let's have a conversation about what are the values we need in this organization to move it forward now I'm starting to have that conversation with my boss she's welcome she's she's there I don't I, I don't know if it's back gonna backfire and when it does I'll come and let you know I'm it just I'll have to cross that bridge when I get there because I can't function in fear and let me tell you what I had coffee with a friend this morning you know what she said 
She said her brother told her, you're going to either fail fast or fail slow. But if a situation, if, if you are worried about failing, slowing down the fail doesn't matter. That's a powerful consideration. If you're afraid of failing, slowing down doesn't stop the fail. It just slows down. Just, it just slows down the failing. And he said, fail fast. Fail fast and get your, get your butt out of there. I really like that. I like that a lot. So, if if this is going to backfire with my boss, it's just going to backfire with my boss. We'll, and I'll have to deal with that when I get there. When I get there. But for now, she's open. We're having a conversation about values. If you say you want your organization to go in this particular direction, you need people with this set of values. You need them. And I'm not saying... I think because when you hire people, you hire for something specific. Otherwise, you would hire anybody. No, when you go through the hiring process, you become selective. No, I'm going to select you because candidate A, you're amazing. You're great. But I think you would be great for another organization. Candidate B, we're choosing you because not only do you have the skill set, you have the vision and the ideas for where we want to go. My boss has brought in some people that... um hold some important values that we need and then are also bringing some values that I think are complicated to say the least that's not the end of the world but it is going to require my boss to make a decision you're going to have to contend with these other values you're going to have to contend with them because I can't I didn't hire them and I'm not the ultimate driver in this organization. So you have to decide what you want to do. And how, and this is a separate conversation I want to have with you guys later. Because there's something I've done, and I did it, I was naive. I did something, and there was some short-sightedness. I don't know if it was fully short-sighted. I think it was just a matter of failing fast versus failing slow. I don't want to say it was short-sighted. I moved about in this organization in a way that, as though I was in a place that my boss should have been doing. I took some action that my boss should have taken. But her thing was, I don't have those skills. All right, if you have them, I'll, I, she's like, my ego is not getting in the way. You can do them. You can do it. Yeah, but can I? Because then you're not, I can only do as much as you cover me because at the end of the day, it's not like you're letting me do it and then you're stepping aside and I'm now the executive lead. No, I'm not. You're still executive leader. So you have to cover me. And when you tell me to take action because I can and then you can't cover me, that's a problem. So that's something I'm going to have to contend with. But that that doesn't feel insurmountable. That, that doesn't feel insurmountable. It almost feels... It's, I think it just comes with the territory. Anyway, I don't know if you guys are able to follow this, but the bottom line is there are some there's some action that um, there's some action that needs to be taken. That I can't take because of positionality and then there's some action I could take, but I'm not because of my values about how it would impact certain people. 
And I don't, I know you're like, that doesn't sound like an INTJ. And, I, and I've been, I've been thinking about this. I've been, and I've been thinking about the FI in this regard. I said people, not person. And the reason, and that distinct, and I'm going to start closing here because I think I've got it. I think I've got everything I can, I wanted to say out. I said people versus person because my FI isn't prioritizing an individual as much as prioritizing a collective, a political collective. A political collective inside of, uh, of the matrix, inside of a larger system. People are part of the system. And that, and I was thinking about this yesterday. After I recorded with you all and took my dogs on a walk, I was thinking, my FI not only is tertiary, but my FI will value the work of the TE. And the TE, for me, my TE is focused on the organization, but my TE is also, through the NI, is focused on social structures. And that's because I've been trained to, I don't know, I feel like I could, I had this lens as a kid. The, the world, I, I, I'm able to see society as a system. That's why I call it the matrix. And so my values are located at those, at the systems level is all I'm saying. That's because I get a lot of people who call me a systems thinker. And I am, I would have never, I wouldn't have, I just, it's not my framing, but I'm like, okay, you're right. Is that what a systems thinker does? Well, then you're right. I do that. So if I do that thing, yes, I'm a systems thinker. So I would have always associated systems thinking with the TE. And yesterday when I was walking my dog, there was a part of systems thinking that connected to the FI. That that when the FI is fat, those values are activated, they're activated to focus on the system, to value parts of the system for change, parts of the system for effectiveness, parts of the system even for efficiency, even though efficiency is not usually a high order for me, effectiveness typically is. But, but, but efficiency is important. It's just not as high. It's not as highly valued for me as effectiveness. I just never thought about FI connected to systems before. I've never heard anybody talk about it like that. So getting back to the water. When I'm in this place where these values around systems are magnified and my TE can't take action. There's a ballooning happening. Those values are overwhelming because I don't sit in those values. I'm not comfortable with the values taking precedence over my TE. But I can't, the TE can't take action because of the positionality and in some regards, because of 
the values about the system. <sighs> I feel like there's a contradiction located in this. I can't tell you. It just feels something feels a little contradictory. I don't know what it is. I have to listen to this later and process it. But the reason why this is an important reflection for me to work through, you may not even be listening to me anymore. But the reason why this has been very important for me to process is because this is the only time I spiral. It is the only time I spiral when those FI values get ahead of my action. I've talked about this before. And I need to figure out, I got to figure out a hack for this because when this happens, it feels insufferable. It is un- insufferable that I can't take that the, those values are just loud and they're screaming. And sometimes I can't even name the values. Oftentimes I can't name them. I can just feel it. I'm feeling something. I hate those damn feelings. I hate them. I hate those feelings. I really do. So then I'm trying to take action, but I'm not taking the right action because I don't even know what I'm feeling. Like the, those feelings are trying to, the FI is trying to come kick out some information. Because of what, what we all see, all of those actors can see based on the, what the NI is showing. And I have to come up with a hack. Because this is the only time I spiral and I feel like I lose control. I'm out of control. And that then makes it worse as an eight. I don't want to be in, I don't want to be out of control. So I was hoping that by the time I got to the end of this reflection, I would have a solution. I do not have a solution. I don't have a hack. But what did I say about INTJs? What is that TE going to do? I'm now going to start reading and researching. Since the solution doesn't, didn't pop up for me automatically, I'm about to go study it. I'm kind of have a, I'm going to have a solution. Cause that is the only thing. And there is a solution. Resign. I don't want to do that solution. There's another solution. Give in to what the people want. That ain't going to happen either. So I do have two solutions. <laughs> They were automatic, but those aren't, that's not, those, both of those solutions satisfy a problem in part. They do not satisfy it at all, completely. And this is what it means to be mature, to have a problem and to sit in that problem until you can find the best solution. Because all solutions aren't the best solution. And that's one thing I would get frustrated with my father because, yes, he was a problem solver, but sometimes he lacked the curiosity to collect additional data, to become intrigued. Do I know everything? And you're, you're coming up with a solution based on part of, only with partial, partial data. And I don't want to do that. So I'm going to collect some more data. I don't know how I'm going to get it. I'm going to just, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to keep reading. But this reflection has at least helped me to refine the problem. I have a better understanding of the problem. And that's, that is it. You cannot solve something 
if you don't understand the problem. So what did I say the at the start of this reflection was called the burden? Yes, the burden is the that ballooning out the that the, the being surrounded by those values. But I don't think that that's I don't really think that's the full burden. I don't think the burden is that I'm surrounded by values. I think I'm surrounded by values and I don't have the position. I don't have positional authority to take the action that's needed because of those values. Because of what the NI is showing. The values are coming up because of what the NI is showing. So I'm not, I've not been talking about the perceiving function as much as those judging functions. So it's a, it's a two, it is, um, it's a compounded effect. It absolutely is. So it probably, the best, the, the solution probably is getting the right positionality. That's probably the best. That is, that is the solution. Um, so I got to figure out how to do that. Because there's a part of me that says, well, just just go and make it your job and whatever. That is something I've desired to do for a long time. I kind of just be like other people. Just go to job, go to work. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the people do. It doesn't matter what they want. Doesn't matter that there are problems. Doesn't matter that there are gaps and inconsistencies and bloatedness. Doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter for me. Other people, it, it doesn't matter. But it just, that's not me. I'm not wired like that. So. so I feel really, really good about naming the problem. The burden is twofold. Those bloated values and positionality. But even now that I have it named, I can now... I'm now I don't want to call this reflection the burden. I want to call it problem solving. Mm-mm. Or maybe that's the burden. What's preventing me from problem solving? It is the burden. I thought it was. I thought the burden was fi. That's not it. It's what's preventing me from problem solving. That's that's it. So. A hack just came to me. I don't think it's the ultimate hack um, solution, but I think when I get to that place where I'm spiraling because I can't take action, I see something, I can't take action, and now my values are screaming about it, I need to pause and say, what's preventing me from problem solving? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I need to say, what is the problem and what's preventing me from problem solving. And I'm going to practice that. This is something I'm going to have to practice and see if this is a viable solution. If this is a viable hack. I won't know until I implement <laughs> um, and and then practice, implement on repeat. So there's some practicing and then see a pattern. And then I'll, I'll um, hopefully I can come back to you all and, and tell you what I think. This is... Reflection was incre- incredibly abstract. 
not sure if you are listening. I would love to know if you um, followed any of it. <laughs> so, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation about um, problem solving, um, about values, about taking action, um, if it resonates, relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share with those participants. And if my moving about has caused some randomness, I would love to hear that. I've asked several questions throughout this um, reflection, so please find your way to me and share your thinking. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com, Twitter, yournidom1, Facebook, and YouTube, yournidom. Let me give you an assignment. Okay, just when I hit the pause button, because usually when I say, let me give you an assignment, I pause and just think for a second. So, like, what resonates? And the first thing that came to me was this question I'm going to ask you is going to be my assignment as well. And I really, this is, because it's interesting because when I hit the pause button, uh, right before I said, um, if this reflection has any value, any value for you, I had I had paused the button, uh, paused the reflection and moved from one spot of the house, went to check on my food, and then I moved to another spot. And when I was moving about between those that in that segment, I was like, well, you hit the end of the reflection. I feel like I have, but I don't have a sense of resolve. And I was thinking to myself, you don't feel resolved. You feel clear, but not resolved. There's a difference. And that's what it is. Because as although I'm like, okay, now I don't, I got to think about what the, I'm like, what did I say? When I get to a situation like this, I'm going to say, what, I don't, I'm going to say, what is the problem? What is the solution? But what I'm thinking I need to do and what I'm asking you to do is I need to define a process for problem solving. So what I'm going to ask you is what is your problem solving process? What are the steps you take to solve a problem? That's difficult for me because I don't usually have to think about steps. That's just because I do it naturally. But I, I mean, everybody has a match. And every, every, I, and my match is there's a problem that is not allowing me to automatically solve it. I don't have automacy. All right. So I should have a, I should have a process. I should have some steps. So anyway, um, so yeah, I, I'm going to give that to you as your assignment. It's going to be my assignment. Um, and I'll come back and I want to, hopefully I can come back and share with you. How do you problem solve? What are your what are some steps? What are the steps that you take to problem solve? All right. Okay. It has been a pleasure hanging out with you. It really, really has, you guys. You, two days in a row. 
I'm dealing with some real stuff, though. So I really appreciate you guys being here. And it has been a pleasure for hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.